Roadshow, episode number 190. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. Oh, ah. yeah. We're we're chilling at the Casa de Cold Coffee. Thursday, like we always do, November 15th in the afternoon. I was working the early shifts. So we were able to get out, do this in the middle of the day. Gorgeous day it is in Las Vegas, man. It's the middle of November. We got the window open at the Casa de Cold Coffee, and we're having a little a little ballast point home game to get things started. Mm, I like it. Fathom IPA, the classic. Yeah, 65 degrees and sunny. Oh, no, it's 69 degrees. Look at that. Boy, I love this weather. I love this Gotta weather. Gotta love Las Vegas. But yeah, Fathom, man. Fathom's, I think, one of my favorite ones. I like Fathom a lot. It is. They got a lot of good flavors at Ballast Point. The but India Pale Ale. Fathom IPA is solid. It's not too hoppy. It's not too crazy. It's not too hoppy, it's just but got that, nice first flavor. One, that first one, though, kind of... You're like, whoa, especially if you've been drinking stuff that's a little bit lighter. Like, it kind of, like, resets your palate because you're like, oh, okay, playing with the big boy drink here. Every you time know? you have a Fathom IPA, I want to make sure after the first sip you go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, well, speaking of, because you I, did. I was going to say, we didn't. We are having a Bows Point home game to start out with. Mm-hmm. But I did bring over a, a little box of the classic award-winning Paps Blue Ribbon, and for good reason. Our, our our boy EX Shields, I guess that's how you would pronounce it on Twitter. Yeah, he brought it up to us. The PBR is fighting for its survival right now, yeah. man. This is this is not cool, man. Miller Coors is trying to put the put the kibosh. Yeah, I was I was gonna go with cock block. That didn't, I, was, <laughs> I was looking for something a little more appropriate. Well, who knows? I think, I think kibosh means cock block. <laughs> and. Yiddish or whatever. <laughs> well, that's basically what's going on. So I feel like we got to support the cause. PBR yeah. fighting for their life. I mean, this is award-winning, established in 1844 in Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, and 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 the now Miller Coors is trying to say we can't keep making it for you, which is crazy because I had no idea the of the brewing agreement that right. they reached. I didn't you either. know that I didn't realize that Paps, in a sense, wasn't even brewing their own stuff. Right now, you know, somebody pointed out and some of the people, you know, comment on the article, it's like Paps just owns the rights to the recipe and the name. <laughs> that's true. And they have somebody else making it for them, and it happens to be one of your major competitors. Yeah, that's true. But a competitor that has it's the – It's not a great business arrangement. not a great idea. <laughs> and, he, and they, and they, and they somebody, uh, you know, proved the point. You know, it's like once you make that decision and you put your fate of your company in the hands of – one another manufacturer to do it, right? Um, but let alone a competitor, um, you know. And, and Paps for to bring you guys up. See, Paps, uh, you know, Miller Coors is one of the only ones that has the brewing capacity to brew uh, at the volume of what Paps needed. Yeah, because and, they they need a high volume at that uh, price point, especially around Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> yes, especially around do. Thursdays, they need it, um, or early Friday mornings, depending on where you're at. Uh, but the fact that, you know, if they wanted to, you know, just not make it anymore, you know, what can you do if you don't – if you – I'm sure the money anything. either got to a point where they had to downsize and maybe eventually stop brewing it themselves and this was the only way. But, you know, somebody, you know, put it out there. Once you put your hands in that – in the hands of a competitor, 
you almost sort of seal your fate. That's true. That it could happen eventually, happened. you know, and you, you, you do these five-year deals or a 20-year deal, um, whatever the first particular one, I think was a 20-some-year deal, yeah. maybe a 20-year deal. Now they're coming to the end of it, and, you know, and they're hoping that they can get it resolved. But Meanwhile, it, it, Miller Coors plans on launching a, a lower uh, – price point beer that would be a direct competitor to them which is, and which is crazy. Just shutting them out of the business and and i mean it's just crazy to think that uh a name like like paps that they could be at such a risk to to be gone you know i mean it is it's true like it's the hipster beer now you know and i mean we're we're the epitome of hipsters so that's oh, yeah. why we jumped totally. on the bandwagon skinny you know? jeans skinny <laughs> Itty I know G, I got a pair of skinny jeans. Jean, I put on turns into skinny yeah, jeans. I, know. I was like, the only skinny jeans that in this household are, are my girlfriends, you know, and I'm not fitting in those. Uh, well, so so we're we're battling for the for the future of Pass Blue Ribbon. So you know, we're trying, we're trying, but poor, poor. I hope they get that squared away. But that's 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 just that's the I hate to say that that's just the way business. You know, eventually, you know, if if you downsize to a point of where you not even making your own product and you're looking for somebody else to do it. That sounds like it's end of days type thing, and you would hate for it to be that way. I would almost just wish that they would get together whatever the money they can to create their own facility, even if it's at a limited capacity. Yeah, just I, enough I, to I supply the roadshow. Just enough for us. You know, all we <laughs> need is an 18-pack every Thursday. You know, just so that the fact that, you know, We're 24. some capacity is better than no capacity. Right. You know, and then, you know, hopefully there will be some job creation because, you know, at this point, you know, they probably have already – Slim down quite a bit if they don't have to have the whole manufacturing side on their. Maybe we can get whatever. our good friends at Constellation Beverages who own Ballast Point to pick up to uh, pick up PBR, keep it going. You know, we'll put in a word. Are, I mean, yeah, we're tight we're, with we're them. We're pretty tight <laughs> with them. We're pretty tight with them. You know, I don't know if they'd have the the capacity. They'd have to probably shut down all the different brands they did to try to even meet the one. But I wouldn't be good. Yeah. Be did good. you did you see how I drank that? Uh, I had the PB, PBR Easy. Yes. I wonder if I still got one in the fridge, tucked behind all the other random food and shit that Heather likes to stick in the fucking. <laughs> it's like every grocery day. I know we're gonna we're gonna get to MMA Wait, here eventually. eventually. Me, we're now we're at Casa de Cold Coffee. Let me just tell you my life story. My fridge. Every time we go to the supermarket, it is it's like Jenga for old age and age. Like for her to come back here and put shit in there, I literally will just I set the bags down and then I back out of the room and she switches into like Jenga mode <laughs> or Tetris mode. How she's gonna like fit it in there and stuff. And there's some days. You know, it takes forever because we have, like, leftover com- – she's like, ah, I get tired of leftovers. I'm like, we made leftovers. Let's eat the leftovers. You know, don't waste the food, right. you know. Like, I mean, I come from a household where, you know, money wasn't always there. So right. you made do with what you got. So, like, there's a part of me that just makes me absolutely, like, just repulse at the, the thought of just throwing away good leftovers. Right. I mean, like, granted, if you're eating, like, your leftover whatever – chicken or whatever for like the third or fourth day yeah, they're no, like gotta go okay at that point. It, it's gotta go at you that know point. it gets a little stretched you know i i stretch it maybe a little bit further she is like over it like the next day she always wants to make something new i'm like well, where are we gonna put it we got all these containers we, we even reuse i even reuse like the containers so like we get rid of like butter like in the big tubs uh, it, dude I, you got like 15 15 jars of country crock in there yeah and none of them are country <laughs> crock it's all just like <laughs> leftover like whatever like i'm like who needs to go out and get that fancy tupperware i got <laughs> Some butterware. <laughs> butterware. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that uh, makes it. It's, it's a pain in the morning when you want to like make some toast. You're like, oh, oh, that's not butter. <laughs> Let me pull out the. Oh shit, that's not butter either. 
Ah, uh, shit. Let me grab this. Let me move this thing of sour cream. Oh, wait. That's not awesome. even sour cream in there. <laughs> Our fridge is a fucking mess. Oh, ridiculous, man. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Ah, oh, man. It's good to be back. It's been a few. Much, as much as you get on my damn nerves sometimes when we're on the road together, it's been a while. It's good, yeah. to, be, it's good to be Can back with you after leftovers? a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. All right. It is episode number 190. 190 was one of those numbers that stuck out. You know, every now and then those numbers stick out to you. 190 stuck out to me. You remember which UFC pay per view that was? Fuck no. Rousey versus Kohea in Brazil. Oh. Yeah, where everybody one. everybody was like, oh, bitch, she's going she's gonna to blast on Ronda. Her striking's so good. It's going to do this, this, this. And <laughs> yeah. Rousey just starched Not her. Not so much. You know, that was, it was funny. <laughs> Rousey's striking looked good. That in was, that fight. I, and I remember this, what stuck out to me, man, is, well, first of all, it was weird because I, I used to do play by play when I'm cage side. And uh, for whatever reason, man, I, I don't know. Like, can, once I'm doing play-by-play, -play, I'm, I'm trying to get the tweet up. I'm trying to get the page up. You know, I'm trying to do everything. So yeah. a lot of times when the fight is over, I don't really, I don't really get a chance to soak in the atmosphere of the moment, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm busy updating everything. But for whatever reason, I took a second and I looked up and just kind of soaked it in for a moment. And that's when I actually happened to see uh, Rhonda turn around, and that's when she mouthed the, the don't cry, bitch. And, and so I was, <laughs> I was happy that we – that we saw that, that I was able to see that because then we were able to ask about it in the uh, in the press conference and got a pretty good line. So I remember being happy that I, that I happened to just be able to read her lips in that moment because uh, we missed that sometimes. And the other thing I remember about that is it, it's funny you, you go through all that, man. I remember thinking that night how bad that was for Ronda. As, as, as weird as that sounds, I remember thinking what a horrible result this was for Ronda because now she's going to think she's a striker. Uh, and yeah. she's not, you know what I mean? And we all knew that she wasn't, and I remember thinking, oh, no, now she's going to fall in love with her hands. Yeah. I will say, though, the Betch Kohei thing, that to me was, I think, when people first started to realize what a mastermind Eric Albert has seen. I can't say his last name. Albert has Albert, Albert seen, but it's not Racine. It's because it's two R's. Captain America. Oh. Captain at CPT de las Americas. There you go. Eric Abaracin. I don't, but I don't think it's Abaracin. I think it's pronounced a little bit different. But anyway, yeah. Eric with the funny glasses, the wrestling coach. Yeah. He's a good dude. But you remember he was the one that coached uh, Betch into doing the whole four horsewomen thing, the whole doing the hand. He was the one that coached her into that. And that basically – that basically walked her into getting a title shot, man. It was yeah. all it was all Eric that did that. So. That's true. That's true. I do I do want to say uh, since uh, right now the UFC is down in the Latin America mm -hmm. market, uh, how well the Brazilians uh, accepted uh, Ronda. Yeah, she man. she was large alive. I remember seeing like the like some of the the girls just like crying. They were so happy. And I remember I was so proud of like how the Brazilians were treating it because normally it's like. We love Brazil, love Brazil. The rest are going to die. You're going to die. But they literally liked her more so Absolutely. than, than Betch. And it was it was awesome to she see. She was a bigger star. She was a huge star. I thought that was one of the coolest things. And I remember that was, cool. that was uh, uh, Rhonda. You'd see those clips where she just took it all in, you know, and was just like, wow, I'm yep. like, I am big down here, you know. And she just kind of had that kind of funny, like, little laugh. And smile like, is this really happening? You it's know, true. before she got like crazy, I think that's when she realized, like, wow, you know, mm -hmm. like I do have some star power, you know. And then after that, you know, maybe she got maybe a little bit more yeah, harder to reach. Kind of downhill, <laughs> but, but that was awesome to see. I was, I, I, I want to give kudos again to the Brazilian fans because I thought they did a incredible job of welcoming her. And I guess that's 
that's the star power. I mean, I I bet if Connor went down there back when it was like the Aldo thing, if that fight took place, he would have a lot of people rooting for him as well. He w- yeah, I remember. He, they love I do. winners. I remember down there. just they at love the, superstars at the world tour. They at the world tour. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of people that booed him, but sure. but when he but when he showed up because he did like an appearance at a bar. Yeah, people were just like that's that were the famous scene of him ripping oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. him ripping the ripping Aldo the picture. picture. Yeah, yeah, that's that was in a that was in a bar in Brazil, yeah. and uh, man, the people that were there were like, oh, Connor, they loved Connor, it. They Connor. Loved him. Of course, you know when you're in a big crowd, you kind of like, no, we love Aldo, f you. But then he's yeah. aside, you're like, ah, we love him. <laughs> I tell you something else, kind of funny, kind of an anniversary. I saw this on Facebook today, my man. Uh, my man Brian, who who you know, Brian and Tina. Uh, Brian shouted out today. It was November fourteenth, two thousand nine. I guess it would have actually been one day before November thirteenth. But uh, I don't use Facebook very often, so I was a couple days behind. Mm-hmm. But he pointed out he, he had a picture of me and him from nine years ago. Which first of all, man, I was I was still looking pretty good nine years ago, man. I'm kind of yeah. got gotta I gotta get back to that, man. I was yeah. I was I was looking good. I was skinny jeans. I was I was looking good. I, just, I had the skinny <laughs> jeans on. No, I still had cargo shorts on. Let's be honest, man. I didn't have those skinny jeans on. Uh, but I hey, bet the only pair of jeans you have is from like nine <laughs> years ago, and it's in your it's in your closet. If I would go search your closet, that is true. Uh, but he reminded me. No, it was uh, the show in Manchester, England, and I should have pulled up the fight number. But it was where uh, Dan Hardy beat Mike Swick. Um, but. What was the the thing that really reminded me about it? What's hilarious was the night before the fight, Dan Hardy. This is back in the day when you still had uh, the UFC Fight Club going strong. They would have like Fight Club parties after weigh-ins, and the UFC would bring fighters by. You know, and, I mean, they had like this whole thing. And I don't know why they stopped doing that, man. It was kind of a cool thing for the fans, but um, they had this Fight Club party, and I actually went to it uh, with him just to we went to go hang out and drink some beer and, and stuff. I was kind of working a little bit while we were there, but. Just wanted to go hang out and drink some beer with the fans while I was working over there. And Dan Hardy showed up. Even though it was after Wayne's, it was on the eve of his fight, he showed up to the party and stayed there for like two hours. Obviously not drinking or anything, but stayed there for like two hours, man, uh, taking pictures with everybody in there, signing autographs with everybody in there, which I thought was so cool. Because, you know, normally the night before the fight, a lot of people are like, leave me alone. I got to get my head space. You know what I mean? I got to get my head right. And there he was hanging out with all the English fans, which uh, was cool. But... The funny thing was, and I've, I don't think I've ever seen this since, but, you know, every now and then you see guys and they'll go up to a fighter and they'll want a face-off picture. You know, they don't just want to, they don't just want to arm around the shoulders picture. They don't just want to hang an out picture. You know, they want to, I want a face-off picture. And you see those every now and then, but I never saw this. The dude said, I want a face-off, but then he said, but shirtless. Let's, let's take our shirts off and let's do the shirtless <laughs> face-off picture. Sure not, I mean, I thought it was, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was pretty weird, but Dan was like, all right, man, okay. let's do it. Yep, took his shirt off, and there you had two shirtless men in the bar, <laughs> staring off, taking taking pictures, man. Nothing abnormal about that. Nothing at all. abnormal about that at all. It can uh, happen. It, it can, can happen. happen. So there you go. That's that's uh, that is this day two days ago in two thousand and nine. <laughs> all right, let's get into uh, some more MMA. Bellator two hundred nine is going on right now, and we will talk about it. Except oh, we can't yeah. watch it. I, I'm, look, I'm not going to hammer on the Bellator people too bad about this because I have talked to Scott Coker behind the scenes. I have talked to their staff behind the scenes. It's not as if they are unaware of what's going on. It's not as if they are unaware of the need to have this live. Um, this is a network decision. Of course, they're owned by the network that they're on, so you know the decisions they make are, are kind of final. But um, it does seem weird, especially with this DAZN deal, that you can't stream it. Now, I do get it. 
Um, and I think this caught a lot of people by surprise. They thought, oh, man, we got the zone. We're getting live all the time. But that's not exactly true. It is true if it's a DAZN card. If it's a DAZN card, it will air whenever the hell it airs. They're not going to delay it. You know? But this is a Paramount card that will also stream on DAZN. So this is one of those ones that's on both. And because it's on both, DAZN has to respect Paramount and respect the tape delay that they have in place. And I get it. It's kind of weird. Um, I've never been to Israel, but um, Ryan Grab from Bellator, from the UFC, he was explaining to me that I guess in Israel – Friday is like the weekends. Friday and Saturday is the weekend. So their Thursday night is kind of when they do things. So the shows they do in Israel are on Thursday. So when you factor in the fact that, A, it's on Thursday, and, B, there's a big time change, you know, this thing would be streaming in the middle of a Thursday afternoon, which is not exactly, you know, prime watching time for most people. They'll, they'll be at work at that point. But So I, I understand the contractual agreements. I understand the strategic arrangement. I get all that. Uh, but it just does seem weird to me now, especially that they have a streaming partner that, that they can't get this figured out. And again, I know this is not Bellator, so it's not like I'm just harping on them for the sake of harping on them. But it is worth mentioning because it just seems like in this day and age, you've got to be able to figure something out. Yeah, it's absolutely frustrating. I mean, as much as it seems like they, they're taking steps forward on certain things, you know, they're keeping things alive, they're bringing – Interesting fights. Some fights are questionable. Others where you're like, oh, they were right. They were good. Good idea. Good idea to do that. You know, they're getting these big deals. And then for this to still be an issue, like right now, we know the fights are almost done. They're almost completely yeah. done at this point. And you're not going to hear any word of it. You're not even going to be able to watch it. Like, you know, of course we know who's winning. Right. We know who's won. Whatever. Right. So I personally have no fucking desire to really even watch the event now. I, I hate to say it, but I'm the same unless, way. Unless it's like a, a, some fight that, I'm, that I hear is like out, right. just crazy, just outright crazy. You know there was something crazy happening. Yeah. You know the decision was bad. You yeah, know, you a know crazy some, finish at yeah. the end or something. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back right. and I'm going to watch that one. Right. You know? But right now I have no desire to like fire it up tomorrow. And, you know, for them to be like, oh, you know, numbers are still good, you know, when we do this. Yet I'm like, they can't be. I know. I mean, I guess no numbers. If you have zero numbers and you get something, you're like, oh, numbers are good. But I, could, I just have to imagine if they could make it more real time, even if it's just slightly. Even the fact that it's not even today in the States that we're going to get it, we have to wait till tomorrow, is ridiculous. It just – I have no desire to fire up the app to pull. You That's know, it, man. There's, there's just, and it, there's it other takes stuff the destination on. viewing out yeah. of where I got to be there. You know what I mean? And so – I don't know. I just I feel like it's worth mentioning. I get it, man. Again, like I said, I, it's, I, I understand Bellator is not, you know, it's not like Bellator goes, guys, I, nobody wants sports live in 2018. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is this is the future. We say tape delay is the future. I mean, they're not saying that, but it does suck, man. That would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, you can just see it and be like, ah. And we heard, have you heard of the technology? It's called VHS. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to start distributing <laughs> via online portals that you can order, and we will ship to your house these VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah, not not happy. Uh, so anyway, Bellator two and nine. Come on, dog. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Uh, all right, listen. Uh, even though I was the one in Denver last week, you've been what, you've been pretty busy, man. You you did some jet setting earlier this week, and and I gotta ask you, uh, you have now gotten to see firsthand <laughs> Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. Yes. You went out there. For the open workout, and I got—I just—I—I I, want to know because I did like the fact that Chuck 
um, addressed that little bit of footage that Golden Boy released because I did yeah. look. I thought that was weird that they released that. I'm not gonna lie. I saw that footage that they released, and I thought, this is bizarre, but I immediately put it on the internet. <laughs> yeah. you know? I immediately knew people wanted to yeah. see it. But I did like the fact that Chuck addressed it and said, listen, man, that was a part. He's like, I don't even understand why that's the part that went out. That was a warm-up that I do. Yeah. You know, So I don't understand why that's the clip that was seen. Yeah. Um, so that said, you got to see it up close and personal. But I will say, and we'll start with Chuck, I guess, first, uh, because I think that's the one that has the most question marks because it's been such a layoff. Yeah. Am I wrong in that it still seemed like maybe he was a little winded during the workout? Oh, he, he was, and he was stiff, and he, and he was winded, but um, he definitely looked better than the other clip of what you saw. And I tried to be cognizant of, of like what you said. There was a point where uh, you see where Tito sat in the room, and Tito's like, that was 30 seconds, and you're already winded. Now, I could have cut the clip just slightly before it, right. just so the, the clip wasn't as long as it was, you know, right. if I didn't do the full, like, four minutes or whatever. But then, if I would only put that first, like, little last bit of, like, say, 10, 15 seconds, then it would have been another case of people thinking, like, wow, he just went for 15 seconds and legit looked tired. Right. So I wanted to make sure I put it out the full thing of how much was out there so people can be like, okay, he's at least done – it was like a minute. It was right. like a minute just over or whatever. You know, but, yeah, I mean, like, he's – I mean, he was winded, but it wasn't like he was winded. It wasn't like he was like, I just sprinted and I'm winded. It was right. like, okay, you know, I'm loosening the arms up. I throw it out there. All right, let me – my breathing's starting to get heavy. I'm starting to warm up a little bit, you know. Like, did I think like, oh, he can't do this for another, you know, two rounds? Of course he could have. Right. You know, but I just felt like his body was just warming up and he was just like starting to get the engine going, you know. So where it might look like he was maybe – Laboring, and I don't even want to use that word, well, but whatever, like that's breathing fair a little bit heavier. It's not like it he did just a, getting warmed up. It's not know? like he did a, a thirty-minute stretching session, which at forty-eight years old, you, you know, and on a flight I mean, night, I'm yeah. sure you stretch a little bit. You yeah. know, I mean, so uh, it is what it is. But I mean, I'll tell you one thing though. After uh, Tito kind of got him fired up, there was popping those leg kicks when he was hitting the bags and stuff. Why was Tito there? Uh, part of it, I think, was twofold. One uh, to watch, but I think that was a, a, an effect because. They were supposed to do a face-off, right? And then they scrapped the face-offs because uh, Oscar wasn't there to do it, and they only had this cute little PR girl uh, in the middle. So, for safety Christ. reasons, whatever, you know how they many scrapped views they would have gotten on another face-off? Yeah. Jesus, yeah. but that's Christ. that's why they didn't do it. So they they didn't have. Anybody. So they had Tito hanging around to do a face-off that never. Happened. So that's what I was right. wondering because and I, then at when a I UFC event, her, at a UFC event, you would not have the opponent there shouting. At the other, no, person. they would, they would have, they, they, they would have pushed them away. Exactly. This the 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 PR girl, bless her heart, I can't remember her name was. It was like her first event of uh, doing that, and she was like on her own. Um, I mean, we helped her set up the backdrops and stuff. I mean, like she was struggling with it. Just those things can be a pain in the butt, anyways, and then let alone do it solo. But um, she was there trying to just keep it together, and uh, and I even sort of told her, I was like, hey, you know, is Tito know that. Uh, that you guys aren't going to do the face-offs anymore. She's like, well, I think he kind of wants to watch Chuck's, you know, workout, you know. And I'm thinking, like, oh, this is not going to be good. I mean, it's going to be good <laughs> I mean, for part us. of you is, like, as a videographer, you're like, like okay, yeah, I'm down for that. It's going to be good. But, but then as, like, as somebody who's worked for a promotion before and who has been at this thing over and over and over, you're like, do you realize what yeah. you're potentially setting up to happen right, right now? And it's just not fair for Chuck either. You right. know, like you Chuck know, didn't get to watch Tito. Chuck could have been there and had people there heckling, you know, Tito right. during his thing, but they didn't do it. Still stiff, got a big head, yeah. you know. <laughs> Giant head, bro. How did you get in the door with that thing, you know? Uh, Chuck had his family come out too, you know, that was kind of 
cool seeing them out there. It's funny. His daughter pulled up towards the end and got her parallel parking skills. Not so much. <laughs> Mom had to get in the car. She was like trying to direct her. Didn't work. Didn't work. And then she's like, let me do it. I was just like, uh, how many times does that happen in America on a daily basis? Uh, I wonder funny. where mom or dad has to step in and say, let me, let me, let me do this. Sorry, young one. She had, she looks super young. So I don't know if she's like 16 or 17. Not sure. Uh, but of course, driving a BMW. Well done. Hmm. Well done, young lady. Uh, but so as for like the workout itself, I thought uh, Tito looked jack, man. Whatever TRT or whatever thing that he possibly could be on, Sir. he is jacked. I mean, like at least for when you see him other times, uh, like when we he's bigger now than what he was at uh, the red carpet thing that right. we had to do when we shot an interview. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was wearing a suit. He looked, a little, tell. he looked a little lighter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could tell. I mean, I'm like, and he's not he's not going out and bulking up for this fight, you know. I mean, I think he's. You know, but that should be fine for these. These guys are old as fuck, still trying to fight. They should clearly be able to, you know, take like tier team. There should be clearances for all that sort of stuff. I mean, like who knows whatever's going on. But Chuck, on the other hand, looked. Uh, I mean, he was lean. I mean, he was, he was fit, man. He took his shirt off. He turned away from the cameras. I don't think he wanted him to, everybody to like sort of see, you know, how his stomach. But I mean, I saw a bit when he took his shirt off, and I was like, dude. He was jacked. Yeah. So, but, you know, when you put the two side by side, I mean, there's a big discrepancy in the size between where Tito's at right now and where Chuck's at right now. I mean, now that we're a week out from the thing, I'm so, I'll be honest, I'm still torn. You and I are not going to cover it, and uh, we are going to cover it. MMA Junkie will have full coverage, but Simon Simano lives in L.A. Um, we're also going to pick up Dave Mandel for the week, who lives in Orange County, which is good because it is kind of a weird week. Like, there's a, there's going to be a press conference on Tuesday. Then there's nothing on Wednesday. Of course, Thursday is Thanksgiving. Weird. Friday will be the weigh-ins, and then Saturday will be the fight. Um, so I mean, it is a, that goes radio silent for two days. Yeah, exactly. So it's. I mean, it is kind of weird. I, I mean, part of me wanted to be there. Part of me wanted to be in Beijing, you know, to go cover the UFC event. Um, but doing doing neither, I'm okay with spending you know spending holidays at home with the family is okay. But we'll still have full coverage of made junkie. But especially knowing now well, that I'm not going to be there. Home for one of these. Uh, for things, it's been a while. For Thanksgiving, yeah, it's been a while for Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I guess knowing that I'm not going to be there, I guess maybe I can be a little bit more opinionated. No, we're not. We're going to we're going to go to a buffet. <laughs> we're not going to. We, we already talked about I it. I knew we're, it. We're going to a casino and calling it a day. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm I'm torn. You know what I mean? On the one hand, like I'm I'm I guess I'm morbidly curious about it. Uh, I mean, it is still two superstars. I mean, Tito and Chuck are oh, two yeah. of the biggest superstars in the history of the sport. There's no question about it. Yeah. Two of the biggest superstars ever. Uh, it sucks. The price point's a little high. The price point's super it's high. It's high. Like it's cheaper if you want to actually go to the event. If you're in the area, That's you can crazy. buy a cheap seat than than try to get That's the pay per view. Think about that. Um, but you know, it's and, a funny and I, way to frame I, I see it. I see people you know talking a lot of junk about if you want to buy this man, you are just ridiculous. Yada yada yada. I mean, there is that sense of. Uh, you know, these are two older fighters, but it's still Chuck and Tito going at it again for the third time. I've watched crazier shit. Granted, I haven't paid for a lot of this weird shit that, you know, <laughs> we've we've watched. And it sucks that they're asking for so much money for this because uh, when you look at the, the undercard, there are some decent guys that have fought in some organizations. And, you know, so there could be some decent level talent uh fighting but just to, to think that it's what 50 bucks yeah you know for this is it's a it's a heavy it's a heavy ask especially when you know say if a ufc is like nine dollars more ten dollars more and a lot of times now you're getting two title fights yeah on it you know so you have a lot more things with a uh, more 
significance yeah, happening. More current, during, you know. You know, top level. Certainly more current, you know. I mean, just I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I can see that. Imagine, you know, like when Kimbo fought Dada. If they try to make a pay per view yeah. for like fifty bucks and expect people to, to no, you'll tune in for that free. Sort of thing. Yeah, no I mean, worries. Like people watch it, you know. But I get it where people. Uh, or think it's crazy to do it. I mean, I, I can also be like, you know, for the haters that are like, don't hate on the people that want to watch it because it is crazy. It's yeah. crazy that Chuck and Tito are doing it again. Now, I mean, after seeing the workouts and seeing them actually be able to hit pads, throw punches, do that kind of stuff, I'm not feeling like I'm watching two 90-year-old guys go out there, right. you know, that are sitting their walkers. They're still relatively the athletic. Side. They're still relatively athletic. That's a good way of putting it. I mean, I mean, these guys, I mean, like, Tito has been active. I mean, True. like, so it's not like he's come out of left field like, hey, guys, I'm ready to hop in there, too. You know, like, you, you, you found us both at the bar, and we were like, yeah, hey, remember when we used to fight? Let's do it again, you know. <laughs> like, he's still relevant, and he's and still Trump been working say, the scene. Trump did say, if you think oh, my kicks were weak, let me let me kick you with one and see what happens. That's it. When he got pissed off and was hitting the uh, – when he was hitting the bag, uh, you know – their mitt holders always kind of sell it a little bit, sure. you know, but you could tell there was force and you could hear it. I mean, like go back and watch it. You can see there was anger. There was pop in there. And that's the thing with, I think could happen at the beginning of this fight. Emotions are going to come in. Cause I think both these guys are just going to want to get their hands on each other. So that first three minutes, two or three minutes could be fireworks. You know, it could be complete shit show of spent energy after that, you know, but the first three or four minutes, could be absolutely incredible. That moment, look, when they're both in the cage, yeah, it, it, it you know, that moment right before the yeah. first engagement, like, it's going to feel pretty like, yeah. holy shit, it's Dude, Chuck and Tito. A Heather, or Agent Nate, loves Chuck. She literally, that's like her favorite fighter forever and ever. She probably, if I asked her, said, do you want to buy this pay-per-view? And she said, well, who's fighting? Because she always asked me, right. who's fighting on this card? She doesn't know a damn person that's on the <laughs> card. But but if she recognizes the name, she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. If I told her Chuck that Chuck was fighting, and, and she hates Tito, too. And her friend, like, loves Tito. And I don't even why. It's not like she hates. She was just like, – she remembers yeah. back the bad boy person. Now the bad boy. He you was know? a hateable character. He was, he was uh, the epitome of the heel in the day. You know, like, mm -hmm. he was the bad guy. She would be more than happy to be like, okay, yeah, let's get the pay-per-view. So there, she's. There's other people like that that have a nostalgic connection to these fighters, one way or the other, that want to see it at least one last time. You know, I mean, granted, if it's complete shit show, no one's gonna want to tune in for Liddell Ortiz four. You Let's know, but this is the one last time, and if who knows if Chuck fights again, you know, and if this is a chance to see a guy that you idolize, the guy that did so much for the sport, you get one more chance to see him, and Amy's. He's not coming from a point, as far as I know, he's not he's not struggling money wise. That he's no, like that. He says that he's it's not like, just he has to cash yeah, in. Yeah, that he's like, oh man, the guy's he's he's missing his mortgage payments now. Yep. He's got to come out of fighting. Then I'd feel a little bit bad. These yep. are two guys that legit of sound mind. I mean, not that he won't <laughs> appreciate the money, right? I'm sure he's but, gonna enjoy it, you know. But but the fact that they're going in, they want to do it, you know. Like people are gonna want to watch it, you know. I could see where some people, if you're gonna try to put it up against a current UFC fight of fighters that are current now and fighting and struggling and working their way through the division and try to put it up against this one in terms of what the fights mean to all the people involved like this show of course is going to seem like a shit show right. like a circus side show but it still is 
has a lot of relevance to people and maybe in their lives that they're willing to pay. It's entertainment. When it boils down to it, it's entertainment. How much are you willing to be entertained or be served something? And if you love these two guys and you want to see one of them punch the other's face, a lot of people are going to be like, all right, I'll shell it out. It just sucks. If it was like even 25 bucks, they would sell They would sell the shit out of it. That feels you know, a lot more even comfortable, right? 25, feels a lot even more like comfortable. 30, but 25, I mean like even at 29.99, I make it seem like it's in the 20s. Yeah. You know, I think that they would sell the shit out of it because people would be like, okay. I like that. 24, 20, 24.99 I think would that's, be strong. That's a case of, that's a case of PBR. And maybe a couple bags of chips. I was going to say, you'd have and change a couple bags a of chips. Of yeah. So, I mean, you literally would you have your that snacks and your drinks sorted for the evening, <laughs> and you have a pay-per-view. I mean, like. That would be the way to do it. I don't know. But uh, it was interesting to see it, though. It was uh, it was cool to see him. I mean, and uh, it's funny. Uh, Oscar was there. Oscar from the Mac-, Mac Life was with us, you know, in our little media scrum. And it's funny. He was like. That was the first time I've uh, really like interviewed or talked to Chuck, and he's like, "I'll be honest, I got starstruck a little bit." Yeah, and that happens to people, you know. The first if you time you haven't been around right there, those guys before, absolutely, dude, they they are legends, legends, man. They legends. are absolute Hall of legends. Famers, both of them, like when I put, the, it was easy when I did the lower third. I just instead of you know when you have guys in the same weight class, I'll cheat, yeah. and all you have to do is you copy one lower third onto the other one, just change the name. Could do it again because UFC both of them, Hall of Famer. UFC Hall of Famer. That's huge. It's amazing. That's huge. It is amazing. Well, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that next week. I'm thinking maybe Thanksgiving night we just have a, a, a bunch of beverages. Maybe go to a bar somewhere because I'm not cooking turkey. I'm cooking. I think we're going to do ham. Ham? Heather's – she's been bugging me. I don't I don't feel bad to keep saying her name. It's so awkward. <laughs> I haven't said her name in like 190 fucking episodes. What is going on? It's this balance point making me lose my mind. Uh she wants to do ham. She loves ham. And I'm always like, ham's fucking boring. I want turkey. If it's yeah. like that or like Thanksgiving or like, like a good, or Christmas. Like that little honey baked ham with yeah. that little crust we're, on we're the gonna, outside. We're going to do our own little like glaze. Oh. Like we're going to do like a – like because I wanted something like sweet and a little heat. So we're going to do like a little spicy honey glaze or something. So we're going to do the the honey or the ham. If her brother comes, then we'll do a turkey because I guess he doesn't like ham. Me, I'm like whatever. It's right. food, you know. So I'm going to let her do the ham thing and then – uh uh, for Christmas, I'll be back at it with like a turkey. I might do like a, I think I might do like a bone-in ribeye again, like rib mm. roast or something. Those are good. Oh, maybe we should do the buffet at your house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll chip in. I'll chip in on the groceries. Oh, yeah, you want to chip in some meat? Then I'll I'll make us I'll, I'll make us some on stuff. The but... Well, listen, uh, you know, because you're the jet-setting cold coffee that you are, uh, <laughs> going out to uh, a media day, just you know, flying out to L.A. for the day, you know, like you, know you how we do, do, like a gangster. <sighs> yeah, uh, that wasn't enough for you. We also uh, you had to go to the Nevada State Athletic Commission meeting. You and I both went oh, yeah, to that. that. That trumped it. <laughs> Granted, it's like six minutes from your house, but still, uh, I, I did just want to touch on that really, really quick. Uh, not, not a ton of news here. I mean, the stuff that was done. I mean, there was some stuff that was touched on with the, uh, with the Habib Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor news. Basically, it was just the suspensions for other people involved were extended to the same date. It does sound like we may have resolution by December. We may not. That December tenth date, uh, the Attorney General's office was throwing out January as a possibility as well. So. Uh, maybe we don't get that December 10th resolution that we thought. Uh, Oscar from the Mac Life was there with us. It was just us and him. He asked a great question, um, you know, you know, asking the commission, hey, listen, you had said before that those guys have to be here. Is it possible that maybe they won't? And they said, well, if they get a deal reached, maybe they won't actually have to appear on December 10th. Because, which makes sense. Uh, which I guess makes a lot of sense because Connor is expecting another child right around that time. Yeah. Um, so that would make it really inconvenient for him to have to fly over here and back. Um, so n- n- and that should be understandable. Before people start hating on that right away, like let let's be real. Yeah. Like I mean, these hearings, well, yes, they have to happen, and they are 
legit hearings, but they, these are not uh, cases of. No. This is not well, court. Even this is in not co- court. even in court, I mean, you even go to court, court sometimes, and and, and and the 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 deal's already done before they even get in front yeah. of the judge. You know what I mean? So you know, yeah, there's nothing. Push it back too for the birth of a kid. Like, oh come on, let's, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's no, not, no, no, no. Let's, let's not hate on. No, that, no, you can't hate on that. Um, no. So anyway, not not a ton of news there. Um, we did get the Sean O'Malley uh, ruling there that it looks like you know he's getting six months. Um, he still has to go for USADA as well, but um, it seems like USADA in 30, 15, 3, 30, 10, and 3? 30 days, 15 days, and 3 days. I did make sure his manager knew because his manager was not present. I did make sure his manager knew, uh, be ready because you're going to be tested three times, and they did say drugs of abuse, which would mean marijuana as marijuana. well. Yep. So so be careful with that. Um, and then we had the Cody McKenzie uh, stuff, which – Cody McKenzie, I, I you know, I, I like Cody, man. I mean, he's an interesting cat. I met him on the Ultimate Fighter, and of course, he he came back to Vegas recently. Um, he fought over in Italy. Um, I, you know, I've spent some time around him, I, and, and I like Cody. He's a he's a he's a he's a crazy dude. Hell, in fact, in Italy, when he fought in Italy, uh, he was drinking a beer the day of his fight. I mean, that's 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 Cody McKenzie, man. Yeah. He's he's not a, a a normal athlete, so to speak, or even a, a necessarily committed. Uh, to being a world-class athlete. He's just a dude that likes to fight. Um, so what he did in terms of if what he said he did was, you know, that he smoked weed uh, the day before and didn't want to do the drug test because he was worried. I think he said he even smoked earlier in the day um, and didn't want to have to do the drug test, uh, but then submitted fake urine um, and ended up getting a four-year suspension. Now, he's still relatively young, so he could come back afterwards. He could fight overseas if he wanted to. I doubt he cares about being able to fight in Nevada again, but – um, I don't know. I just wanted to ask you if anything stuck out to you from the NSAC meeting because the best part of the NSAC meeting, I don't even know if you caught this or not, but uh, you know, I was going back and getting quotes, and, and you, you shot everything on video, and we've got all these on YouTube. So if you want to know anything about uh, any of these hearings, uh, we split them all up, right? I mean, we've got, we've got the Nurmagomedov-McGregor uh, case as one video. We've got the O'Malley case as one video, and we've got – uh, the the McKenzie, yeah, it, that's what I meant. The, yeah, all of yeah, them together. All the so the case, one. yeah. Yep, um, the O'Malley case is one video, and then the Cody McKenzie case is one video. So we've got yep. them all up on YouTube. So they're all relatively short by themselves. So if you ever just want to see what it looks like, go to the MMA Junkie YouTube channel. You can see kind of how these things played out. You can hear the actual. Um, you can hear the actual case that was presented against him. You but can hear the motions being fumbled. Yeah. Well, here's the yeah, here's yeah some of the motions they didn't know exactly. They're like what because the lawyer basically recommends what motion they yeah. should make, and then they're like, and the commissioner can't make trying it. to repeat exactly. Yeah, the, oh, so it's funny. But the best part is, and and I doubt you even caught this, but I had to get quotes. So what you need to do is listen to the Cody McKenzie one, and listen to the moment that they say. It was at this point he presented a bottle of fake urine. Listen to that because you can audibly hear cold coffee go, oh. <laughs> Did I really? Yes. It's so great because we don't have a line into the microphones there. So you're just shooting with a shotgun mic. So uh, it's like you're listening to the case. You know, like, oh, okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. Let's see. You know, and you're being quiet, but this is what your mind is thinking. You know, it's like, okay, he didn't want to take the drug test. Okay, I understand that. He he says he smoked weed. Okay, well, maybe maybe he can get away with that. I mean, he was just embarrassed by it. He presented fake urine. Oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's so great. You can hear your audible. <sighs> I do remember thinking that because I remember thinking, like, oh, he's, he's fucked. Yeah. Like, he's fucked. They literally got him. You know, like, it's funny. 
I don't know. I know I've we've done so many episodes. I'm sure I probably have said years ago. I used to work at a head shop right. for like ten years. We sold the shit out of fake urine, and I know exactly the stuff that they're doing. We never really did like the the fake dick ones, which I thought were just completely obscene and just ridiculous. The Wizenator. Yeah, but we would had some that did have a little pouch and it had a little tube, so you could do it. But most of them were just a bottle. But they had like the hand warmers and like a rubber band. So you would just take the hand warmer, shake it up so it heats it, put it on the bottle, rub it with the rubber band, and then put it in your pocket. Yep. It gets incredibly hot. So the fact that he turned in a sample too hot, I know exactly what happened. You know, I mean, because most of the bottles, if it's a decent enough one, will have a temperature reading. But he got probably just got scared and was like, "Oh my god, this is taking gotta, too long. This is taking right long. Now. I got to give it to him. I got to give it to him." Right. And by the time it gets there, it'll cool down. But it holds its its weight, and even though your body, you know, they say, oh, yeah, your body is 98.6 degrees or whatever, the urine that comes out is not that temperature, and it's immediately less than that. So right. even if he's thinking, like, okay, it's got to be 98 degrees, you're handing something that's 98 degrees, it's way the fuck too hot, you know? So I don't know, but, yeah, I, that's funny. I didn't realize, but I remember doing it because I remember looking over you just wanting to be like, he's fucked. It was. I'm and glad that I didn't catch it because you'd hear me mouthing, he's fucked. <laughs> I felt bad, man. I, and and, and I'm, I'm laughing, and, and it's bad. I mean, I'm not laughing at Cody because I like Cody. Man. I like he's, Cody. That's, he's an that's, interesting cat. But, I mean, he – They might as well just you're said You're dead that, to rights, dude. You're yeah, dead to rights, man. they might have just said he's done, that he's he's banned. And I was wondering if they were going to try to pull some of that shit. When they start saying, like, uh, you know, he – you know, whatever the extensive circumstance or whatever the, whatever the wording that they stumbled upon, now I'm stumbling upon it um, – the fact that he did that, that I would think that there would be a press. Aggravating factors. Yeah, aggravating, aggravating factors. Uh, circumstances or whatever, yeah. that they could have just been like, all right, he's literally, we caught him cheating. You know, like this should be a lifetime ban, you know, or something along those lines. But the fact that they were like, okay, well, even if that happens, you know, the, the current thing says only two more, two years more is like right. the maximum or whatever. But, yeah, when they start throwing like four years out and we're like, oh, my God, we have legit like – so the fact that they never actually tested his sample, so That's we right. don't know what was in his thing. All they have is the fact that he didn't test and that he gave fake stuff and that he was caught with fake stuff. Right. And he, in a sense, got so much more than guys that have legit tested positive for things where they actually have the samples and they didn't. Like That's like well, the maximum, maximum of all the new ones. You know what? They never actually have tested that's it. That's really interesting because the point I was going to make was this. I bet they, they could come back if they wanted to. They could bring a lawyer and that would do that lawyer stuff and be like, you know, you never, you never actually, you never it. actually tested his sample. You know, it's true. I bet if you, I bet if you went and got somebody to argue, I bet you could. Because we've seen but, guys that have like have been supposed to be four years. Well, you know, like oh, it's four years, and they come back and say you can't. do But that. he's not going to pay for a lawyer. There's no. There's, I don't think so either. But, but here's the thing: is that so? That's an interesting point because the lesson I was going to say that people need to learn out of this is that. Um, normally, a, a first case marijuana offense. Uh, I was talking to some people behind the scenes. Right. NSAC normally goes nine months. Nine months. Nine months. Yeah. So you know, and, and and I think he said that he was worried about losing his job, um, which I don't know what his what his day job is. I'll be honest, I don't know. Um, but I guess what he was worried is that it would come out. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. Uh, that. Yeah, I mean, I think he was worried that, you know, if this came out in the news that he tested positive for marijuana, that his his day job would get rid of him too. And, and that's, a, that's a very valid concern. I get that. It's a very valid concern. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. Is it worth the risk? Because that's what you have to – so my point was going to be, listen, make sure fighters, you understand – 
that you're only talking about nine months. So if what you're worried about is marijuana, just give the sample. I mean, yeah. nine months is better than four years, man. Don't yep. blatantly try to cheat the system. But then you bring up an excellent point as well, which is, holy shit, we just banned a guy for four years for for cheating. For you know cheating. what I mean? When we've got guys that have cheated in a different way, right? and we only give them two years or a year. Or a year. Or a year. You know, I mean – and it was crazy that they they were like, oh, it's his first offense, you know, so we should blah, blah, blah. That, that wasn't his first offense. Yeah, he tested, he, well, he skipped a test in Italy before as well. Yeah. So the Italian Federation suspended him. So I don't know. It's it's just crazy. But you would think that, yeah, if uh, the fact that not, that's probably why they were trying to do a plea deal, just get something out like we get it, you know, you had whatever, whatever. Let's work a plea deal. You know, let's do something. You know, you're at fault. You skipped out. You know, let's let's talk about things. And the fact that he didn't return any calls, even when they were trying to right. use that as the carrot to bring him in and to, and to talk to him, you know, made it seem like he probably had already made the decision in his head, like hell with it, hell with it. It's too much trouble. I'm done with it. They're gonna try to find me for something. You know, I don't I don't care enough. You know, um, and if he never fights in Nevada, you know, who knows? But most most states will honor Nevada's suspension so if he tried to just say oh well screw Nevada I'll go fight in New York not gonna happen not gonna happen yeah. so in a sense he pretty much decided without saying that he's probably not gonna fight again I mean four years if he just ignores it because yeah, how do you keep training it, over four years if you're not getting paid for it why, why would paid, you do that yeah and then to try to come back after four years and I mean he was he's a decent fighter but I mean like four years he's is he he's only 30 right yeah, now? Yeah, he's still young. I was surprised yeah. to see that he's only 30. I so thought he was I. older than that. I'm, I thought he was older than that, too. So that's not a complete death sentence. Right. I thought he was older, but that's yeah, four years if you're, away. If you're 35, 36, and you get a four-year ban, you're pretty much done, right? You're not yeah. going to come back at age 40 after four years on the sidelines. Yeah. But he certainly know John Jones, like, I can step away for years and still come back right. and be at the top of the game. And there's you know? no way you train for four years while you're not getting paid while for While you're it. not getting paid. You wouldn't do it, so... Unfortunate all the way around. Uh, like I said, it was just six months for Sean O'Malley. Sean did say, listen, I mean, I know this may sound like a slap on the wrist, but I'm still pissed. You know, I got pulled out of the biggest fight of my career, um, and it was a steroid, basically. And, and, I mean, obviously you look at Sean O'Malley, he doesn't look like a guy on steroids, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was, again, one of these minuscule amounts. So he felt he wasn't completely happy with it. Yeah. And it does kind of suck. But it was because also the, like one of those things that doesn't, occur naturally like it's not right. going to pick it, was, it up in yeah, it food was, you're no. not going to pick it up it's wherever. definitely manufactured it's yeah. definitely it was picked up from a supplement more than likely yeah. but um it does suck for him because Damn, again he still has to go for usada <laughs> yeah he still has to go before usada it was to help his uh gaming it made him better at Fortnite. it was a Fortnite. oh well yeah. shit let me give me some of that <laughs> give me some of that my battle royale skills suck i could tear it up and save the world though so if y'all play some save the world y'all let me know hit me up on uh twitter or uh Something, and uh, we could do some Save the World. Save the World is the zombie part that you have to pay for the Fortnite. Uh, because normal Fortnite, just Battle Royale is free. But the Save the World, you, you buy, like, the one of the Founders packs. So you get some guns and, like, some of the different uh, characters within the thing. Yeah. But you get to fight, like, what I call them zombies, but they're called husks or whatever. But they look like zombies. So uh, that's cool because I'm better than that. And you I can, would like, normally like totally make fun of you right now, but I've been kind of binging on the Red Dead Redemption, which I dude, I, I, like been, I just got that too. I've been like playing it. that too. But like, 
that one it can be a little bit slow. Like half the time, yeah, we're riding around, I'm like, around on the horse. I'm just riding around on a fucking horse. I'm like, <laughs> this is what I paid sixty dollars to, to ride around on a virtual goddamn. Well, horse? and you know what is frustrating because I'm not gonna lie. Normally, I have a couple of frosty beverages. Yeah, is that like I wish you could set it where you could run and gallop it with one control, so that way I could drink with the other hand. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because right. you, no, you got you got to tap. control and you got to tap to get to get the gallop going, and, and then, then you don't have a hand. The wagon wheel and shit. I mean, like it yeah. makes you use. All, I mean, I get it during hands. a gunfight. I'm not gonna be grabbing my yeah. beer, but I mean, when I'm just as you said, galloping through the countryside, well, if he, if he, I don't want to walk through the countryside. That would take forever. That would take forever. So take I want to, I want to gallop, but I can't gallop unless it's. I mean, unless I happen to be on. What I'll do is when I get on a straight, when a, a straight path, yeah. I'll gallop and, and I'll let up with the left hand, and I'll just trust uh, the direction. You know what I mean? But if you got to steer crazy. around a corner, Auto driving on a. On a like on oh, a I'm horse, drunk, drunk just ghost driving, driving horse, whatever you call it, just ghost, <laughs> ghost driving on a horse. Ghost driving, dog, you are crazy. <laughs> you could probably, if you have like your, uh, this would be sound super nerdy for the, if you have like your dead eye core is good and your dead eyes good, you could probably be riding, go into dead eye mode where it goes all like slow motion, right, right, chug, 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 put it down. Come out of dead eye, and Dude, then you're just going. That's a solid solution, right yeah, there. Yeah, except it sucks, man. Dead eye. Once you were, you gotta get. Then you gotta eat shit or drink shit to make your dead eye come back. Yeah. But just saying, just saying. It's, good, so it's an alternative there. Just saying. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we're like the non-gamers, gamers. I just want to. I just want to know how I can gallop my horse and get drunk. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. It is such. It is. It's fun, but it is so fucking lame when you think about like I'm riding around a horse. Then now I'll be like, oh. I'm gonna go hunt now. Now I'm just gonna hunt, and I'm like, "Oh, I see a horse. I wonder what the specs are on that horse." And you could do a thing where you look at the horse and you can see what the specs, and then if it's good, you can track it or call it, and then you try to rope it, and then you try to take it over. Like so I haven't that's done any that fun. Stuff. That's a game. I haven't done any of that. I've been where, saying like, like Fortnite. I'm, I'm, I'm straight like zombies. mission to mission. I'm straight like mission yeah, to mission. I'm killing fucking zombies in one game. The other, I'm like, "Come here, horsey. Come here, horsey." <laughs> <laughs> Not quite the same gameplay, but it's, it's a the graphics are beautiful, man. Like, and it's just it's huge. The map is huge. Like you, it's not like uh, like Fortnite. You 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 play the same maps over and over and over, kind of. You know, every once in a while they'll do different events or whatever. Like they just had this Hexylvania one in where it was like Halloween sort of theme. It was pretty awesome. I just finished it, by the way. It was fun. Um, and then you get in this one, and like literally the world, you're just. Your horse, you're going, you're going, you're up mountains, you're down, you're along the rivers and stuff like yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They put some serious work yeah. in it, and that's a rock star. Those are the same people that do uh, Grand, Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto and stuff. So they're they're good when it comes to that building that map shit and giving you a world where you feel like you're doing all these things. Like we have the freedom of choice. Instead of the game saying, like, you must do this for the game to go forward, here it's like, Whatever your weird fucking perversion. If you want to just go hunt fucking squirrels, you could just go hunt squirrels. If you want to be like, if you want to be that asshole and just hunt deer and skin them, and then leave the bodies and be like, ha ha ha, I'm a serial deer hunter. You could do that with I Red Dead no Redemption idea that was possible. Dude, you could do whatever the fuck you want to do. <laughs> you could be the baddest dude in the world. I'm like, just trying to be like a nice cowboy. You tr- that's the thing, because you. Uh, and you, well, you know that you're a criminal okay. in this, well, right? I know, but you're on the I, run. You're a criminal I do gang. The, I mean, I I try to do right by the law, even though I'm a criminal. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm more, I'm a moral criminal. Well, that's part of what the whole game is. It, whether you do certain things, it gives you a chance to either be good or to be bad. And what whatever decision you make, there's that little meter that sort of just slides on whether you're being bad or whether you're being good. And there so is. every time, yeah, the, like you have a uh, a thing will come up. Even when you greet somebody, it gives you two options. You could either greet. 
or what's the word aggravate okay, yeah antagonize. antagonize so it gives you See, two I'm, options I'm of how do you could be like yeah i'll do the greeting and stuff and then use it. it's like oh that's kind of boring like let me, i'm not like all right let me antagonize let me see what it says of course you know you <laughs> that's of course just you the way i am but you literally if you want to be just a badass you could just go through the game seeing people just riding a horse and you just shoot them and the, the fact that the game is set up that if you kill somebody that you need to hide like the body, or if somebody else comes up on it, they has this witness. Mode. I have killed some people that saw me do a crime because I'm just like the, I don't want to go through the yeah, hassle of dealing like with the police. Mode, yeah, like I'm, just like, I'm just like and then you chase them down. Like sorry, dog. I, like you, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. I gotta kill you now. But even that, it gives you an option of like grabbing them and like like threatening them to and threaten saying like don't do it. Half the time it's just easy Can't just trust to shoot them. Can't trust them. Shoot them, and now I've I gotten better about like okay, now I gotta pick them up. Let me go throw him in a bush, and I'll throw him in the bush. And I love how the gameplay makes like mixed martial arts top podcast, blood. the MMA Roadshow. Uh, All of a sudden, we're like hardcore gamers. <laughs> if you like what you're hearing, do us a favor: log into iTunes, find us on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about what a great gaming podcast we are. Good lord. Uh, yeah, but seriously, do uh, find us in iTunes. Do make sure you subscribe to us. Do rate us and review us, please. Leave us some feedback. I love yeah. hearing that feedback. Uh, just take take a second to do that. It means a lot, and it helps us bring yeah. awareness. Tell people about the podcast. We That's appreciate it. all that. And uh, sticks it to you is my uh, Xbox username. Okay, so if you want to hit them up for a little, uh, yeah, figure Fortnite. out how to spell it. It sticks it to you. Okay, but uh, yeah. all right. Listen, moving on. <laughs> uh, listen. Oh damn! I got another game I was gonna talk about. <laughs> One championship is making some big moves, man. They are making some baller moves, and I had a chance to talk to uh, to Misha Tate. Actually, she was in Israel. You know, she Good was for her. She was in. Uh, she was in Singapore. The, the 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 gig was announced, and she went straight from Singapore to Israel. By the way, with baby in tow, um, and uh, was in Israel to corner. <laughs> so they're gonna have Cindy one of those baby passports. Oh too, yeah, that you and Eli had to mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> she was there to corner Cindy Dendois, who we already know the result of her fight, but we can't say it because there's spoilers because it hasn't aired anywhere. Come on, Bellator, what are you doing? Uh, again, the even. result is somebody won. Yeah. I'll tell you that. One person got their hand raised. Uh, but anyway, I had a chance to talk to Misha Tate uh, this morning via WhatsApp. It's a little bit – the audio is a little tinny, so I apologize for that. Um, I don't think most people care too much. But uh, well, if, now, if you, you, now you're going to make you, them think If you happen to be a hardcore audio file, you might notice. But it was a WhatsApp call, uh, so it was a little – you know, she didn't have cell service out there in Israel, so we dealt with what we well, had. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what's up. All right, here's Misha Tate. Listen, I appreciate you taking the time. I definitely wanted to talk to you about this one championship gig. Um, congratulations, first, number one. But I guess just I wanted to get your input on, on how it came about. I mean, it, it, was it something that you knew or were considering or was kind of spur of the moment or been dealing with? I mean, how did it all come about? Well, I had dinner with Joshua the first time that I went over to Singapore with the UFC. And it was just to promote the UFC kind of throughout Asia so um they kind of took me on a like a small tour you know I started in Australia and I um went to I went to Sydney I went to Melbourne I went to um Perth and then went up to Singapore and on my stop to Singapore you know um Evolve was kind enough to reach out to me and say hey if you need a place to train you know please come and and then um also invited me to you know to have a dinner with Chatri. and when I sat down and had dinner with Chatri, I'm like man he's like He's the coolest dude ever. Mind you, I didn't really know, like, who he was. Like, I just thought he was a really cool guy that, you know, uh, had a great mixed martial arts background and such a such a inspirational story of how he got where he was compared, especially when you consider where he started. 
Mm. And um, yeah, I just felt like I had a like a an instant like connection with him. You know, I felt like there was um, a similar story that we were that we were telling, like our, our stories of our, our life and like kind of how it, it you know we were fortunate to get where where we are now. Maybe considering especially where we started, and um, it always stuck with me. You know, somebody that you relate to so much, and. Um, then I had gone back to Singapore one time after that and also, you know, had a dinner again with Chachri and um, it was a relationship that I just always had in the back of my mind. I was like, you know what, maybe someday I would want to go back there and I'd want, you know, I'd want to possibly live in Singapore. And I, I mean, I'm sure if you go back and check out my interviews that I did when I was in Singapore with the UFC, like you'll see me saying that because I remember thinking like I could live here. Little did I know that I actually would someday, but um, I had the inkling then, and this was probably four, every bit of four years ago. Right. So it was something that just kind of came to fruition. It was a thought that crossed my mind. I'd been hearing a little bit about one championship, a little bit more in our Western media, um, but it was something that happened before Mighty Mouse was signed before I even had any clue that Mighty Mouse would be going over, before I had any clue about Eddie Alvarez, I had already reached out to Shatri shortly after I was born, maybe like two months after, I think. And um, I just said, hey, you know, is there um, any any openings for opportunity? And he was like, oh, my God, yes. Like, we would love to have you. Let's, let's figure something out. So that's kind of how it started. Very cool. So... That's interesting. So to know that it happened really before, because it was announced, you know, after Demetrius Netty, but mm-hmm. to know that it was in the process before, then you kind of had a front row seat to watching those guys come over and, and I guess had to be quiet a little bit behind the scenes. How did that feel knowing, you know, you're taking a chance on this organization in Asia and then they're making power moves like that? How, how did you feel watching that unfold? Oh, it was very exciting. You know, I had a, I knew that, that DJ was going to be going over a little bit before, you know, the announcement. And it's very exciting because, you know, I'm sitting here watching them make these power moves. And I also feel like they're, I feel like it's a, it's a great fit for the fighters like Demetrius Johnson or the Eddie Alvarez or some of the more quiet fighters that kind of put their head down, do the work. And, you know, they have a different story to tell, you know, they're not so, so loud and, um, you know, boisterous in their promotion. They're more about the martial artist or, you know, the story of where they came from, like their struggle of how they got where they are. I think that's what I really appreciate about one is that they want to tell the stories. Um, and every, you know, everybody has a story. And I think a lot of fighters in particular, um, you know, they have a story that's, that's, that's great to tell that people can relate to and, and be motivated by. And, um, when I'm sitting and, and, ha- you know, had a, lunch with Joshua and his wife and his son and um you know we're talking again about what his vision is with all of this you know and, and his vision is to to allow the athletes to have a, a platform to be heroes realistically because there's a lot of children that are coming up in poor areas especially when we're talking about talking about asia we're talking about thailand we're talking about a lot of uh a lot of countries in there that that do have that are very poverty stricken. You know, uh, Chachri was born in Thailand. You know, he was um, grew up very, very poor and didn't. You know, he, he had had to make some life changing things happen and create opportunities for himself. And I think he exemplifies 
um, that you can you can really do anything that you set your mind to. So I think that's also the the imagery that he wants to put out for his organization, and he wants the fighters to inspire the youth to follow their dreams and to be the best version of themselves. You know, he famously said one time that like Conor McGregor wouldn't be even welcome in one championship, or they wouldn't want that. But and I like what you're saying because I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I kind of I'm not a huge fan of the trash talk sometimes. I wish people focus more on the the sacrifice that people make and the and the, and the athletes and themselves and their stories. But you know, I mean, you see what a guy like Conor McGregor has done. You go all the way back to like Tito Ortiz. You know what I mean? You look throughout the history of the UFC and it's the guys that have had the biggest mouth sometimes that are the biggest stars. So how do you prevent that or, or, you know, keep somebody from doing that? Or, I mean, you know what I'm saying? How do you stop somebody from just saying, yeah, I'm part of one championship, but I'm going to have a little bit of this Western swag too. Well, I think that that one championship first and foremost has the option of who they sign and who they don't. And I think that they will choose to sign the more, the more purest form like of athletes i think they're going to look for the athletes that promote the imagery that they want to go for and i think that the fan base that they're going to go after is also going to be different so it's just a matter of sticking to the system that's working for them and that you know they're doing very well and i also think that in uh, in the asian culture i mean they're very much about a long-term vision and they're very much about honor. They're very, um, they're very honorable people. So they they have a lot of respect, I think, for people that come from come from a hardship or you know are inspiring in some way. It's a different appeal in their their culture than maybe it is, um, you know, in America or maybe some of the other countries that are more interested in the trash talking. But I also really do believe that we have we have pushed away some of our hardcore MMA fans like the really tried and true ones because of how much the MMA media and the western media has really pushed towards highlighting all the trash talking mm. you know I'm not saying that it's not interesting at some times or it's not funny sometimes or it's not you know enjoyable sometimes i mean sure we all kind of get sucked into the drama at some point but once that kind of wears off like you you've kind of like tarnished the the way i think that people value a sport you know so i think that we've pushed away some of the true fans in in like in america as well like people are not as interested like i know personally myself i'm i'm more turned off to it when I, you know, I constantly, I'm like, I don't even want to hear about it. Like, I don't want to hear another thing that Connor said. I don't, <laughs> I don't want, you know, I'm just, I'm over it. Like, I just don't want, you know, and I think that like the more, I don't know how to explain it, but the more true fans that really appreciate martial arts are probably not as interested because it's like, we're constantly inundated with the trash talking and, you know, and then you see things like Dolly being thrown at a bus and you see, you know, Khabib flying out of the cage. You know, those things are not a good representation of what mixed martial arts is. Yeah. You know, mixed martial arts should be, a pro, you know, it should be promoted as, oh, like a really 
pure form of martial arts, of the ultimate sacrifice. And every time that we go in there, we really are putting our lives on the line. And we train so hard. Like, we, we work so hard for what we do. I think that people have lost sight of respecting us as athletes, respecting us as, like, the the warriors that we are, you know, the, the, the modern-day gladiators. I mean, people have forgot about that. They don't care anymore. Like, they just want to hear like the one-liners or the headliners, the, the, the trash talking, the drama. And I don't think that's sustainable. And I, the reason that I say that is because there's not very many Conor McGregor's and I don't think there ever will be. So when Conor is done, what are we left with? If people can't appreciate the sport for the sport and the purity of it and the warrior mindset, if people have lost sight of the core value of our sport of mixed martial arts, then what are we when Conor McGregor retires? What are we, you know, when the, those loudmouths retire? Then we then we're just left with a bunch of people who want to be like Conor McGregor but aren't, and are you know not just um, not just uh, how do I say that? Like they, they've been everyone else now wants to be Conor, so now people who normally probably wouldn't talk trash are talking trash, and it's just too much, you know. It's that's that's what we're left with is like a bunch of people wanting to be conor mcgregor and they're not and they never will be so it's just it's lost its luster yeah no question about it well we know that you're vice president we know that you're going to do some commentating do you know yet kind of what your day-to-day life is going to be like what your role is going to be on a daily basis or is that still being figured out a little bit well you know we have begun to chip away at that um one thing that that i'm sure is that i'll be doing color commentary uh, twice a month, so should be every other weekend. And because they're looking to expand and the number of shows, it's just not realistic for everybody to do every show. So I'll be doing that two times a month, and I will I'll also be coaching at Evolve. That's kind of separate from being VP of one. Um, and what else? I'm going to probably head some some other projects like um, you know potentially I'll do something like Rich Franklin's doing where I have a reality show or you know I'm also really interested in the the charity aspect of that I know that you know Chachi has a vision of of ending extreme world poverty Mm. which I think is amazing Um, that's such a cool goal to have and he's he's the he's a powerful man like he he really can do it like powerful for the good and I love that. I love that. So I'm I'm all on board with that as well. So potentially, you know, being more of an ambassador for some of the charity programs and whatnot. But yeah, essentially, an ambassador for one. And uh, color commentating is what's finalized for now. And other things will come out of the woodwork as we be, you know, we begin the working relationship. No doubt. Well, as busy as you are, it's kind of funny when I read the release. You know, it said you were moving to Singapore. I didn't know if maybe that was a you know, maybe a political play on their side to say, hey, we've got Misha coming out here, but if you're going to be doing shows every other week, uh, I, I guess you are, right? You and the baby, and, and every, you're, you're, you're uprooting. That's that's going to be your new home? It is. It's about a two-year plan right now. So we'll we'll probably reevaluate in about two years and see where we're at. Um, you know, right now it's not my intention to stay over there for the rest of my life, but well, I have no idea what it's going to be like living there. Singapore is... A very beautiful place. It's, it's great. It's low in crime. Um, there's like three homicides a year. There's like 
you know, it's like extremely safe. So it's also a great place to have a child and everything like that. So we're going to, we're going to test the waters for two years and reevaluate at that point. Very cool. What do you think Misha about their chance to get into the U S market? I understand, you know, they've talked about it a little bit that there is a U.S. TV deal coming. Um, what do you think about their chances here in the United States? Cause it, the foothold in Asia is huge. I mean, as you've seen, obviously massive markets everywhere, but um, I mean, is the U.S. a priority? Is it a goal? Is it just kind of a bonus? What do you think about the chances of, of success here in the United States? I think um, I think one championship is going to look to expand everywhere, and um, I mean, I think that the, that their goal is expansion in every area. So you know, eventually the U.S. I'm not sure when that will happen, but I'm sure we'll see more of a president a presence with one especially as they're picking up more of the ufc uh you know the former ufc talent i think there's going to be a little bit more of like a a draw in the u.s people wanting to still see mighty mouse or still see um some of the other athletes that they're they're working on so i do i think that they're going to look to expand there as well and well might cater to some of the (laughs) you know the fans that have been turned off by the other you know other approaches yeah, no doubt. What what happens when one uh, when Chatri comes up to you and says, "You know, Misha, what would be really great is if we could get you to fight again, or we could get you to at least grapple or something on a card." I mean, obviously they do kickboxing, and I'm sure they throw together some mixed rules. What happens when they when they hit you up for that? Is that something you're open to, or is this is this executive level position now making sure that those days are are definitely behind you? Mm, you know, as far as jujitsu goes, I'm I'm open to that. You know, I don't know. If and when that would happen, I know right now Amaya is a big focus of mine. What's so cool is that Shachi is so understanding of that. You know, he's like, you know, move over here. Um, just take the first couple months and just get situated. I want you to be happy. You know, one thing that I think is is so cool, like this just speaks to the kind of person that Shachi is and the kind of people that he wants to, to work with and the way that he wants his company to be is – so he wants people to be happy. You know, he, he wants people to feel good in their life, you know, not to be slaves to the business, but to, to have, have a true passion, a desire. And something that he told me that I was just blown away by that I, I just never could see being something that was successful, you know, in the U.S. or at least at this point, is that all of his employees, none of them clock in or none of them clock out. They come you know, when they want and they leave when they want. Mm. And that's it. Like they, they, you know, if they if they don't come in for a day, or if they only come in for a couple hours, or if they want to come in late because they work out in the morning, or they have to see their kids to the school, or you know, they take a longer lunch break, or you know, however they work there, as long as they're like pulling their weight, like they make their own schedule entirely. Wow. And I think that is so cool. And look how successful. You know, people are happy. Like you walk in the office and people are working but they're you can tell that it's just a different kind of atmosphere than anything i've ever experienced so i just think it's a great it's a great business model for 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 people to be happy and to be successful at the same time that's crazy that's a different model for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. well misha what i guess the last thing for me is what would be kind of your message because you know that every fighter out there right now i'm sure is taking notice of this i mean this is it seems like a brand new option but I'm sure it's also kind of scary, you know, you, you don't really know, I mean, you get it as a, as a former fighter, I mean, you don't, you know, the UFC is the established brand, you know, the, you know, the paychecks are coming, you know, you're going to be on TV, all that, and, and, and I'm sure a lot of these guys and girls have, you know, 
never been to Asia, never been to some of these markets. So I guess what would be your, your pitch or your message to fighters who are at least here in the name one championship and thinking about it, but maybe a little scared to, to say, well, you know, I don't know if I want my agent to really go after that or to check it out. I, I don't really know what's going on. I mean, what's, what's your pitch to fighters to say, hey, maybe you should consider one as a, as a place to compete in the future? Well, I think it's just a matter of assessing – the kind of approach that you want to have about your career. There's no right or wrong. You know, the UFC is not a terrible place. Um, it's a great fit for a lot of people. And, you know, that's, that's okay too. You know, there's, there's going to be multiple homes now, which is, which is really good. And I think what one championship brings to the table is um, a great home for some of the underappreciated fighters um, by our, by our Western culture standards of what, you know, people want to see what they're willing to drop pay-per-view dollars for. And, you know, some of those fighters, like I'll use Demetrius Johnson for an example, you know, he just never really sold pay-per-view very well. He was always underappreciated for how great he was. You know, that will not be the case in one. He will be a star, a superstar. People will love him. It's totally a totally different cultural approach. So, you know, if you're someone who's more quiet, you know, you don't really want to engage in the trash talking or um, you know, you're a great fighter, but you just are feel a little bit underappreciated. You know, one could probably be a great fit for you. But if you're somebody who's just boisterous and, you know, you want to engage in that or you're funny, you know, they're like there's that could be a great fit for you in the UFC. So the great thing is that there's more options for the fighters. And something that, you know, Shashi told me, I remember distinctly in it, like one of the first dinners that we had was that, you know, a rising tide makes all boats float higher essentially you know i think he worded it a little bit different but the idea was is like more is better Mm -hmm. it's better for everybody and that's you know that's what it is you know one is not trying to do any you know not trying to hurt the ufc in any way i think it's a different appeal that they have and a different approach that they have and it'll just give more options for different fighters to find the best place for them Roadshow that was Misha Tate. Certainly appreciate the time. A lot of stuff said there. Uh, listen, I, I I think she's a perfect fit for the organization, much the same way that Demetrius Johnson is, much the same way that Eddie Alvarez is. So kudos to One Championship for making waves uh, and making the right moves, man. You you know they brought in some serious financial investment, and I you know you have to spend money. You you got to. You know, you got to spend money to make money. money, That's it, man. You have to. And I think, but I think they're making wise decisions. I think the people they're bringing on are smart additions, man. I just don't feel like they're just pissing away money. I feel like in the past we've seen some startup companies and stuff just kind of piss away money. And and if they wanted to piss it away on a mediocre podcast, I could give them some fucking (laughs) names. You know, brought to you by one championship. (laughs) (laughs) This next beer, drunken. Brought to you by one championship. Uh, no, listen, I, I I think they're doing big things. I, I do think, listen, I, I do think there are some problems. I mean, uh, as far as them gaining U.S. market share, I mean, I think they're going to continue to grow globally, and I, and I think they're doing a great job, and they're touching on all these markets um, where 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 the UFC hasn't been able to really get inroads. Um, you know, we've seen their financial results, uh, some of the reports that are out there, and they definitely need to turn things around. They need to get things profitable. 
But I think they're making great moves. I think the, the moves that they're making are very smart right now. I do think it's always going to be tough to get a U.S. audience. I mean, we're sitting here, um, you know, taking shots at Bellator because it's on tape delay. Well, I mean, if one championship doesn't tape delay over here, again, you're going to be talking about trying to watch fights at 6 and 7 in the morning, and that's not conducive to growing a big brand. But you know what? You don't have to have the U.S. audience, man. You can serve all those other audiences and be successful over there. So um, I'm interested to see kind of kind of what they do moving forward. And, uh, man, congrats to Misha. And, and I talked to her a little bit after we after we uh, kind of finished the official interview as well. And, you know, I kind of thought uh, her moving to Singapore was more just like a, a PR thing, like she wasn't really going to move. But she's like, nah, man, we're going to – we're you know we're, we're moving out there. They're helping us find a spot right now, and we're we're looking around. And man, that's uh, they must be paying her nice because that is one expensive ass place, dude. Huge. Yeah. So good for her, man. Good for her. Always good to catch up with Misha. We'll miss seeing her around Las Vegas. Miss seeing her at Extreme Couture. It was always nice to say hello to her there. So yeah, uh, yeah, be tough. All right, we'll just go visit her over there. Yeah, there you go. We'll just go over to Singapore. It is, man. She, it is a great place. You know, it she talked neat. about what a great place it is. It is an awesome place, man. It's such a, a cool spot. If people have never seen, it. I mean, yeah. we've been there. We've done some shows from there. It's beautiful. Uh, um, it's very it's, expensive. It is expensive. The big key, if you're going to Singapore, <laughs> the big key, make sure you bring your duty free. Make sure you pick up a couple bottles of liquor. Yeah. And bring them in because it is so. It's like thirteen dollars for a bottle of. Tiger, which is just like local lager. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the cheapest beer you can find is like 13 yeah. bucks. So You have to walk through the duty-free to get out of the airport. So stop while you're there if you'd like to drink and get you some liquor. Which you know you do. Listen to the road. And if you don't, start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that, that, that's an expensive place to start. Make sure you pick up a few bottles. That's, that is a pro travel tip. <laughs> From the MMA Roadshow. Make sure in Singapore you pick up bottles of liquor at Duty Free. Otherwise, duty. you will be regretting it. Duty. Uh, I want to get your duty take real quick. Duty Free, not duty. <laughs> duty, <laughs> but duty. <laughs> duty. He said duty. Duty. All right, this Floyd Mayweather thing, man. What do you think about it? Uh, Love it. it. It's back on again. <laughs> kind of like we heard from the beginning, uh, a three-round boxing match now. Uh, I'll be honest. That's the part that was like, I why think, wasn't that clear from the get-go? You know? Know. That's the part that was just like iffy you know like if it was a boxing thing i don't see what the big deal was the fact that you know he's going to get it go an easy payday but the fact that it wasn't maybe clear that it was boxing and people were like well what is it you know is right. he going to try to do mma I we mean, know got he people wasn't talking about it you know who knows i mean if he could pick a an absolute pancake or somebody just to like walk over i guarantee you know he would try to just make me like see see guys see i'm gonna try i'm coming i'm coming you know but Dude, tension might light him up even in boxing. He's tiny, but he's fast. Yeah, but man, Mayweather's fast. He's every time I think somebody's gonna light him up, you know. It's just no. But you never know. I mean, this like, is, I mean, Pacquiao look, got. I've seen Pacquiao get beat by guys that I didn't think were gonna touch him. So you never know. It's but. only three rounds, which sucks. Uh, which sucks because you know an old man Mayweather can go hard for three rounds, no problem. That's Dude, he you know, can go. He can go pretty. I of mean, course he can do. He's in great far, shape. He's far, yeah. I he's mean, like, he usually condition. sits back that first round and just lets the guy tire themselves out. I don't see him letting th- him tire himself out in, in a round and give a round. All right, so here's why I'm going to ask. Are you excited? I mean, are you going to – will this be – because it's – I mean – I thought it was – Is I, it destination viewing for – I mean, are you going to make sure that on December 31st when this happens and, – and, and, and it wasn't clear today. By the way, you know, we're just talking about the headlines that came out. He yeah. told TMZ today the fight is back on. We are doing – 
I'm assuming it's still going to be at Risen. That's not clear, but I'm assuming it's still going to be at Risen. But I thought when we originally talked about it, it was going to be a private exhibition. wasn't even really. Well, no. When they originally talked about, it, they did the press conference and they yeah. did all that, and then that, and then yeah, he that when he pulled out, he was like, oh, this this was going to be private. Yeah. Boy, you may be right. Are you saying that he thinks it's going to be? Pri- oh no, it I can't be private. I mean, like that's what I thought the whole agreement oh, when they were starting was that it was Jesus. it was for a private engagement. I didn't even think about. It. My assumption was the fight's back on. I think everybody's assumption was it was going to be on TV or whatever. But I mean, I thought it was just a private engagement, unless. But oh, I didn't. I honestly didn't read no. what came out. It was just. So it was it short. Says. It was just short. It didn't say. It, it just, just said you know it what? Boxing? It just said it's back on. Yeah. We're going to do boxing. It's going to be three three minute rounds. You're right. I, I, I could be wrong. It could be that private affair thing that for the private, wealthy. Oh, just the wealthy, the wealthy dudes or something. I don't know. All right. Well, let's say it's let's say it isn't risen. Will you make sure to watch it, or is it one of those things? That, like, watch if, it. I, if I'm up, I watch it. Or if will I'm you be up, like, I'm watching. Yeah. So I'm it's no, not, no, no, I'm no, setting no, my alarm. No. I'm making sure. I can give two shits about it. I would yeah. watch it after the fact. You know, like, but uh, I kind of agree. Like, I don't if, know, if it was I mean, if it was kickboxing, it might do it for me. If it was yeah. MMA, it would definitely do it for me. Even though I know I'd be watching him get his ass kicked. Yeah. But just a three minute. Boxing, a uh, three-round boxing exhibition yeah. against a mixed martial artist and kickboxer who is, yes, twenty years younger, but also twenty pounds lighter, uh, and doesn't have you know that type of boxing. It doesn't do it for me either. Like yeah. I'm kind of saying, I, I mean, of course, it's not like I'm going to be like, I'll never click on that video. Yeah. No, I'll watch, watch it after it. the fact for but, sure. But I'll if it, if it, it sure. was MMA or even kick, even as we even if it was kickboxing with uh, kicks above the waist only, which you know what I mean, like I would. I would watch that. You know what I mean? I would make sure I think that I watch that. above the waist, including the head. But above yeah, the waist, below yeah, but the that, head, but, but above the waist, well, so just mid No, 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 not, not below the head, but just above the waist. The reason being, because that's what I thought. If they did modified rules, that's what I thought they would do. Because, listen, he Mayweather had – get his head kicked of off. Of course he would. But, <laughs> but I think he would have a better chance than if there were leg kicks involved because he has no idea how to check a leg kick. And he also yeah. has no idea how to hold a stance so he doesn't get kicked in the leg because he's never had to defend his legs his whole he's year. Never thrown a his kick. whole life. Would, the other guy would be like, oh, great, I don't have to take any kicks. But at least he would know I only have to defend in the same range I have to defend punches. So it's not like I have to defend yeah. a different body part that I've never defended before. So that, to me, if you were going to look for a hybrid set of rules, would be the fairest set of rules. Yeah. But we know I that's don't not think he did, yeah. I don't think he – yeah, I just don't see him ever, ever agreeing – Unless it was literally, he handpicked a dude that was just starting in MMA, right. so he could be like, "It's equal, equal playing field." Oh no, versus oh no, oh no, no, no. Even though, yeah. By the way, I'm Look, a, he's twelve. I'm a world <laughs> championship boxer. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I will, I will watch it after the fact. Sure. I mean, but yeah. As for any type of like trying to get up early to watch it, I doubt it because you know, one, I wouldn't have any footage to work with. I mean, if it was for work. And I knew I was going to get footage. That I had to do something. Of course, I'll get up and watch it, and you right. know, do the do the do. But uh, yeah, I'm just like whatever. But I don't know. Like we said, who knows if, it, if we'll ever actually see. If it is a private thing, then I'm oh, sure they would it maybe. For me. I just assumed it was going to be on on. Risen. I just assumed it was still the private thing. But I mean, I haven't been paying attention as much as everybody else. So maybe it's shifted from that. But the last thing I saw when I first paid attention that was that wealthy people want that. You know, they're like, let's pay this boxer this legend to come over and fight our dude that's so wealthy know? dude like that's let's mad just money pay floyd mayweather to box that's when you got right mad here. money when you're like you could be, you like, can bro, pay floyd mayweather just me to and you fight, dog dude. let's just hey man let's get floyd and a tiger to <laughs> just That'd bounce awesome. it out in the living room right here man that would be awesome because <laughs> uh, we have that connection oh you yeah know? bro just like you know when we're talking to you know one championship guys oh, we'll make guys, we're just like <laughs> 
It's well, us again. Uh, hey, got a question. Got to make, sure make sure I'm writing down all these notes. We got some phone calls yeah. to make this week. I forgot, man. We've been making <laughs> got some busy promises. busy to-do list. <laughs> uh, I should say real quick, by the way, while we were uh, while we were listening to the Misha Tate audio, uh, briefly talk to Luke Rockhold. Uh, and I'll just give <laughs> you a funny. quick update. He is, uh, this is not what he called about. We were talking about something else. But uh, just want to say, uh, he said he's doing pretty good. He's training right now. and. Huh? He thinks maybe uh, February might be a good time for him to return, and he was pointing at that uh, that Phoenix car, the ESPN debut. He's like, man, that that date might line up perfect with when I'm ready. Uh, I, I think I could do it against who? Don't know. He's like, well, gotta let some things play out and see what happens. But February was, and Phoenix. Was, I mean, he was ESPN? pretty much that was a contender fight that he was fighting in. Yeah. You know, but that's kind of all. I think he's got to wait to see kind of where everybody past, lines yeah. up. And, and, you know, does he want to do 185, 205? You know, he's talked about both. So, um, anyway, but he said he's, he said he's healing. He said, look, I'm, I'm getting better. Uh, I'm working out, man. I am training. I am active. Uh, I am I'm, I'm getting bigger. I'm getting better. Uh, so maybe that 205 spot is. He did say I'm getting bigger and I'm getting better. So maybe 205 is definitely 205, where he's, yeah, if you're, if you're throwing bigger in there. Yeah, he, he did say that. So um, maybe maybe uh, February Phoenix might be what he's targeting. So huh. anyway, just start, just start throwing that. You heard it here first. You heard it here. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to have to do that every time. <laughs> what was it? What was the, you the, heard it here. <laughs> that? <laughs> no, I was, about, I was talking about. <laughs> about your post fathom IPA reaction. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Day drinking is awesome. All right, uh, yeah. one last thing uh, because then I gotta go, uh, which is bad because I have something to do that I should not have been day drinking for. But uh, Chael Sonnen, I, I want to throw this out there for you. I know you haven't heard this yet. It was a podcast. His podcast that came out, I believe it came out yesterday or maybe this morning, but I heard it today for the first time. Uh, I believe it's labeled the 400th episode, uh, and it was labeled November 14th. So if you're, if you're not a Chael Sonnen podcast listener, uh, just something to to throw out there real quick if you want to chase this down. The first 10 minutes of it. He talks about going to Columbia and getting stem cell treatment. And Ooh. interesting MMA tie, it was actually Jamie Varner uh, of WEC Glory that helped him get this thing set up. He said he, he's working with this company. Um, now, stem cell treatment is not anything new. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'll be honest, I don't necessarily understand the exact science behind it, but basically the, the, the cell regeneration properties of the stem cells mm -hmm. are, are beneficial. And we've heard about this a lot in sports. But here's what's interesting is that uh, Chael said, listen, I didn't have any deficiencies. I, I wasn't going to get treatment on anything in sp specific. I, they, they just mainlined it into my veins through an IV, and they call it a rejuvenation treatment. And he said, I, I feel tangible benefits from it. He's like, it's only been a short period of time. It's supposed to get better over time. He said, but I, I feel more alert. I like feel, with repeat use or just as Just at one time. Really? Yeah, over time. It gets better. He's like, I feel alert. I, I feel mental clarity. He's like, I feel, you know, uh, energetic. Um, and he said he really feels the difference of it. And um, I found this interesting and intriguing because – Where did he go get it done? Where did he go? Uh, he went to Columbia to get it done. Now, he mentioned that it's very similar to what – uh, Dana White gets done over in Germany, which was something that was recommended to him by Kobe Bryant. So, I mean, this is not new. I think uh, yeah. TJ Dillashaw has had stem cell treatment. Cody Garbrandt has had stem cell Does treatment. Does everybody have to go out of the country this to is, get this done? You do, because you can't get stem cell treatment done in the United States. Come on, America. Well, here's what I'm curious about. Come on, America. Where's the line? Is this is this a PED? I mean, is it because Chael's still competing. I don't think so. I think it's just because they use all the – 
I was gonna be crude and say it. Like remember how people oh. people are all like, Oh, you know, that's all planned parenthood and everybody. They're just right. taking the aborted fetuses and they're doing stem what? cell research. Uh, that's that you is know? very crude. But I understand but I understand this is this is human tissue basically. Yeah. So I mean does that does that make I think it, but it goes into your body, but I don't think it's I think it's regenerates right. stuff in your body. It's not like I think with a lot of stuff with the, the testosterones, they're taking precursors and other things and your body turns it into testosterone right. so you're giving a boost right. to something that naturally depletes over time whereas like this I think is just re you know recreating a re because you know with certain cells in your body your body stops creating as them over time yeah. where it creates less and less you know I think it just if anything I'm, I don't know if I guess you would think if you really went that far that it is a boost in the sense because your body after it gets to a certain point, it's not going to regenerate these things back. That's you know? it. And see, that's I guess that's what I'm curious but, about because for whatever reason, I don't know. But there's it, a lot of health really, benefits, they say, to this it stuff. Never I mean. really, it never really, I wouldn't say bothered me because this doesn't bother me either, but it never really alerted me before when somebody's like, ah, you know, I'm getting it shot into my knee because I need my knee repaired. Or I'm getting it shot into my – dead baby shot right oh in your knee. Oh, my God. You're so terrible. I know. It's fucking morbid. I hate thinking terrible. Of <laughs> there are other ways there are other to get ways, cold coffee. Good Lord. <laughs> Uh, one star. <laughs> These people are awful. Um, if it made my knee feel better, I would put. But, but that's put a little it. But baby so the, for whatever. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, enough of the baby talk. For whatever reason, <laughs> it never bothered me before when you were talking about like in your elbow or in your knee, and it helps regenerate a ligament or something. But technically, I mean, I guess that would be a PED too. If it's here's what it reminds me of. I remember an era, and I don't, I can't remember when you first came on to the UFC, but I remember an era when. We kind of saw TRT as like, wow, that's a great thing, man. If you yeah. can help fighters extend their careers by yep, science, yep. that's amazing. And then we started finding out the abuse levels and what it yep. was doing, and you're like, holy shit, we can't do this. Yep. And so I'm not accusing Chael of cheating because it's not illegal. And 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 as an athlete, you should explore every opportunity available to 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 further your career and to yep. better yourself. But hearing this, for whatever reason, hearing Chael talk about it and say, listen. I didn't even have an ailment, but this was just like a general make me better kind of thing. I don't know, man. It sounded like something that maybe USADA's got to take a look at or maybe we, we have to look at. And, and, and listen, I, I don't want to – man, I don't want to screw fighters over. I mean, if this is some kind of wonder drug, some kind of miracle cure that helps these guys and gals get through what they deal with in the gym and get through the injuries and get through all that – um, I guess I'd say I'm all for it, you know yeah. what I mean? But at the same time, we are trying to make sure that everybody's got that level playing field. And to me, this just seems like it might be the next kind of battle that we have to monitor in in MMA and decide if we think this is cheating or not. True. I mean, I think it gets to the point – if it gets to the point where, you know, the benefits and the things that people say that they think what stem cells can do – I see a lot of medicine in just in general with human beings going that particular route. So it would suck if athletes weren't able to take the benefits of health benefits. Like, you know, sure. if these can go in there and help replace, you know, if your kidneys are failing or if your lungs have issues, if there's issues that these stem cells could actually help repair, you know, I would hate to think that uh, a huge population of our uh, – uh, countries couldn't take those no. things just for competition's sake if there's these legit health bets, right. you know, where it's actually, you know, finding I, – I, I have a feeling that 
I see medicine, so I see this actually becoming more mainstream where people realize the benefits. Same thing like when people, well, not the same thing, but when people realize that, you know, there are benefits of pot, you know, right. marijuana, people are like, all right, we got to stop fighting this stupid right. shit. Let's start embracing what was, you know, before like, oh, no, no. And people realize, okay, all right, yeah, there's legit things. I think now with the stem cells, people are realizing that there's benefits and there's things and they're still learning more and more of, of how the body repairs itself once these are introduced. And if they can find, if they find out and say that, all right, we figured out with stem cells and this, 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 that cancer is eradicating that oh, we're not having on. problems. This, this, this. You would think God, that it would be it. mainstream, and I have a feeling like that we're going to get there eventually. And maybe in our I lifetime. Think, maybe I think. Lifetime. I think, and probably in our lifetime, it will become much more mainstream, yeah. unless something else comes out that like we don't need to go this route. We could do this, and it right. does the same sort of thing. But everything I've heard, you know, and I haven't, you know, don't stay up on this. I mean, it seems like these. Stem cells and the way that they're doing it are almost like miracle cures in the sense of how it's repairing people's bodies from the inside out. Um, I would think that, fuck, why aren't we doing it more? Why aren't we putting more money in the, in the research in these things? You know, if it if there's legit ways that we can find these stem cells and get them some way without being, you know, crude. And, and you know, I joke about the, the, the aborted babies and the dead babies and stuff, but... You know, if there are ways to get these tissues that they can do it, you know, if there's a, a way to manufacture them where, you know, you know, obviously no deaths <laughs> have to be or whatever, even if it's the just man, you know, people donate your your used placenta after you give birth, you know, or whatever, you know, now you got, you have what, women that eat yep. it because of the benefits because it's got to be because some weird. of that shit are in I'm there. I'm not going to lie. That's weird. It is weird. But if that's part of it, it's because there's maybe some of these so same sort of things inside there. And it's doing great things, and it's supposed to be healthy for the women. I'm like, it's fucking, you know, let's do it, man. We have enough shit with the ways that we eat and all the other stuff. It's good to find something that actually can help fix what's going on with our stuff. So especially as I'm getting older, I'm like, ah, I got a bum knee that's starting. I'm like, man, if I could take a shot of something to have my knee feel like it did 10 years ago, like before drumming and everything, I would go get that shot today. But right now you just think like, oh, well, that's just life. That's growing older. But what if it doesn't have to be? You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I just I, I want to bring it because it just struck that's me. Crazy, I was though. like, you know, that's something to think about, man. And again, I'm not trying to accuse Chael Sonnen of doing anything wrong. That's not what I'm getting at here. Uh, I'm just saying because I do agree. I mean, this is this is science. This is things that uh, this is to me, you know, the, the the next wave of science or whatever. And the things yeah. I have seen on it does seem like it's pretty amazing. And of course, as you said, man, if we could find a way to get rid of cancer, if we could find a way to get rid of you know some of these diseases, kidney failures, and, oh, just you God. know, genetic hereditary liver things failure. That we can't if we can find a way to get rid of liver <laughs> failure, if we could like reverse hardened livers, like <laughs> like in the near future, I would really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, but I agree. We should find that. But I do wonder, you know, in sport, will it become an issue, and, and yeah. is it something that we need to monitor? So I don't know. Just some I want to throw out there for it people. It is something to, to think about. I got, never really thought about because all I think about is yeah, the health benefits. But you're right. It is literally if it is reversing, you know, the natural process of what your body does. You would have to think that that is going against this against the, the the sense of fair play. That's right. Because it's not a cheap procedure. And look at these guys. They're not they're not going down the street 
yeah. to get these procedures done. They're they're having to leave the country and, and to have the means to do that. Chael even brought up the cost. He said it's not the cheapest thing I've ever done in my life. So for him to say that, yeah. you know what I mean, it must have been a pretty significant investment. Pretty significant, in I imagine. For him to mention that. Yeah, so, I mean, so there's got to be the lower equal, level guys can't do it. It's got to be a fair playing field. And if that's the case and, and they are finding that there are benefits, you got to look at it and say. And also, that's know, that's kind of the natural order of sport, right? how would right? you Is even it, test for that? Oh, I don't know. You can't test for that. You can't. I don't know. Unless they're like, oh, you know, there's no way. Your body count has this level of so-and-so whatever. I have no and idea. It'd just be more testing, but, yeah, that's crazy. Something to think about. All right, so just something to keep in your mind for the future is something I saw, something <laughs> we're going to have to deal Especially with. Especially those with the hardened livers that need a little <laughs> reversing. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe we can get a uh, stem cell sponsor. Oh, that would be awesome. We'll be like, hey. Just get a shot and we'll do, I'd be looking all buff, hey, we'll looking do, awesome. We'll do a road show in Germany or Colombia <laughs> or whatever and, and uh, talk to him about what the That's stem cell That's good stem cell. <laughs> good Lord. Well, it's, it's been great being back with you, Cold Coffee. I think from now on people can demand that we do this from separate rooms. <laughs> we'll try to uh, oblige moving forward. Next week it'll be Thanksgiving. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. In the meantime. I'm going to make ham. Thanks for listening.